Hello and welcome to All the Best Bits. This is our special bonus episodes where we do an audio commentary for a film that we've picked in the past as one of our best bit films from uh, from an episode. Tonight, I've been joined, as usual, by my co-host, Kevin. Hello, Will. We're, tonight we're watching When Harry Met Sally. We are indeed. Great film. It's a fantastic film, but we're not on our own because we have been joined once again by a, a co-host. Once again? To, <laughs> this is what he does to me, Natasha. He just keeps. But you said it. What do I say? I don't know what I'm saying. You said uh, we've been joined once again by a co-host because we've been joined by co-hosts in other. Oh, countries. I get you. All right, that's sorry. A, that's that's a, my that, mistake. Okay. I am doing my absolute best to stay in the mellow zone. <laughs> um, and tonight we've been joined by a, our a guest co-host, the <laughs> R- Kevin. Just do. <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh, God. And tonight we've been joined by a writer, director, and filmmaker. Writer, director, and filmmaker. Wow. Oh, God. Natasha, Natasha Wall, how are you getting on? It's lovely to have you here. <laughs> Great. It's, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank and you for having me. Natasha is one of our mates from the Screenwriters Group. She's uh, uh, done a lot of cracking little short films, which some of them you can find online. Um, what are some of the, the titles there, if you want to mention them for people to, to look up? So they can watch Terminal, which is a short I did a few years ago. And that is on Vimeo, and you can it's, you can find it on my website. Um, and Mother, at the moment, Mother was written by Jonathan Hughes, the wonderful Jonathan Hughes. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, that is currently on the RTE player. So people Fantastic. want to go to the RT player and check that out if they can. And you're developing your feature directorial debut with Screen Ireland at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So we have um, we have the screenplay in development. I'm co-writing it as well. So Stress. I know, I know. But it, <laughs> I'm so glad to just have it. Like my co-writer is one of my closest friends. So like we've for been now. writing it for, yeah, <laughs> for now. Um, she like, like the two of us just have been making each other laugh for, for the last like a few years since we've been writing this and we're, we're able to keep the romance alive I think because it's like basically a comedy uh, or at least partially a comedy and it's based on a, like some of it anyway we just because it's set in college we're writing in some of our own college experiences so we're able to sort of I think reminisce and you know keep that oh that's fantastic <laughs> years I back I went to a, uh, a fast screen training Ireland thing that was uh, a screenwriting talk with Linda Seeger and she uh, signed her book for us afterwards and the thing that she wrote into the book was enjoy the process and I thought "Mm, that's a bit sort of like Pyrrhic victory-ish you know just sort of like take it as it comes Um, but no years and years and years later having gone through my own ups and downs with the film business enjoying the process is probably the smartest advice you can give anybody Mm. because it's like it's the experiences of collaborating with somebody just those laughs moments that you have with a friend just writing something and just some of the, the great people that you get to meet along the way I think that those are the things that make the film business for me still worth putting up with I guess because it's a it's a it's a hard road yeah oh yeah. yeah no absolutely the road is hard and the journey is long but um you know it's uh yeah I think you're totally right and like sometimes I'll just text your shit out of the blue and I'll be like so this is what I think our characters would order for their Chinese <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like uh, we'll just yeah. kind of like throw something yeah. in. Um, good, good. So yeah, we try to keep it. 
Fresh. And tonight, Will, we're doing When Harry Met Sally, which was when from Har- the uh, it was from the best unscripted scene. Uh, yeah. Oh, what unscripted scene? Is it the, the famous scene? Yeah, so the way that I described it on the episode, and Natasha, you might be able to uh, sort of um, correct the record a little bit here. Uh, it was the sequence where Meg Ryan, she's telling mm-hmm. uh, Billy Crystal that women fake orgasms. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does it in the public diner, and it's a very famous scene that ends with Rob Reiner's mother saying, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, mm. yeah. But, you know, diving deeper into it for this commentary, this was actually a moment that came out of a conversation between Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. That's right, Where yeah. he said, like, tell me something about women that I don't already know. He mm. challenged her, and she said, well, okay, women fake orgasms. And he said, that doesn't go on. doesn't with me anyway. And she said, oh, yes, it does. And so he called in some of the, the female staffers from Castle Rock and said, is this true? And they all mm. went like, yes. And uh, and so they decided that was a great moment to have in the script, but then they never put it into the script. And then they did a table reading Yeah, when everyone was cast and they were all set to go. And they said it's missing something. And uh, Nora Ephron reminded them of this debate that they, they were having. And Meg Ryan said, oh, if we should do it in a public place and I should demonstrate that we can fake orgasms yeah, that's great okay oh. so then Billy Crystal says we can have a customer say and I'll have what she's having and Rob Reiner says and I know just a person to play that part my mom <laughs> wow. so yeah so it's it was not scripted in the draft that this went off to shoot and for that reason I said it's a, an unscripted moment cool cool I'm glad you did because we get to do this this is we brilliant do. so what we're going to do is is we're going to line up where uh, Natasha do you and and Kevin do you have your um your copies of the film yeah uh, up and running so generally what we do is we do a, a and to you listeners at home you can you can watch this along with us and as we've said in all our commentaries we don't make these so that you have to watch the film along with us this is just us hanging out and having a chit chat using the 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 film as a springboard but what we'll do is we're we're starting at the very start <laughs> we're starting on a blank Good place to start unless you're quitting Tarantino. We're already we'll press play on three so oh yeah no i'll count down from three i'll go three two my three. god this is <laughs> d- <laughs> okay are we ready three, three two, two one. one play play okay mine's rolling there's the mgm logo please turn down the volume yes me too so natasha when yes. did you first watch when harry met sally when's your first uh when did you encounter it first you know, I don't. I don't remember when I last saw when I like when I first watched it. But I, I remember, um, uh, like, one of my siblings, I think one of their friends. It was like their favorite film okay. ever. And like every time I would just kind of go over to to theirs or whatever, she'd always be talking about it. And like I'd always be talking to them about movies anyway. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I keep, yeah, I've heard about the film. Yeah, was there. yeah. So it was kind of one of those ones I just kind of stuck on the list. And as soon as I saw it, I was just totally enraptured by it. And I just I watch it. I don't know how many times I've watched it, but I, I tend to, as a ritual, kind of definitely watch it every. New Year's Eve anyway so it's a comfort film as a comfort film yeah because I actually I really don't like New Year's Eve I hate it yeah same me too oh my god I hate (laughs) it too absolutely um, hate it so what I do is on New Year's Eve I I order takeaway and I watch When Harry Met Sally and I watch The Apartment oh that is a great ritual (laughs) that's what I do (laughs) we could do it as well oh my god we should do it as a a live broadcast thing Um, (laughs) amazing 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's that sounds like a damn good ritual. The I, cat, the, sorry, go on, Kevin. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't see this until it was uh, released on DVD. So I oh. was in college when I saw it because you know I I thought it was going to be a soppy romantic comedy, and I didn't feel like oh, I'm going to get much out of this. No, it's, you know it's regarded as the benchmark in that genre, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a wonderful film. It's so juicy like this such great Barry Sonnefeld yeah yeah. there's such great writing in it and everything just sort of coalesced in such a, a great way where you feel like yeah this is one of those films where they got everything right from the casting to the production design to the direction to the writing it just all works and it created so many Knockoffs like the the rom com genre. Oh, okay, we're starting off uh, with these. So we have these interviews with these older couples throughout. Um, I I'm going. I'm coming into this as the person who knows nothing. Are are these genuine interviews? Are these? Yeah, yeah. Are these, these are real. These, no, are no, these, these oh. are real. These are real uh, couples. Because a few of them, I was thinking, oh, this has to be scripted. This has to be scripted because they're kind of like mm. too cutesy, you know. But this one's lovely. I know. Yeah, it was one of the things that Rob Reiner was de- was developing this for a few years with Nora Ephron. I think they started talking about it in 1984, and then he went off and he did did Princess Bride. Uh, he did yeah, Princess he did. Bride. Stand by me. He did Stand by me, and then he did Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. And he said to Nora Ephron, "When I finish Princess Bride, I'm going to make this movie." And uh, so for those five years, they kept developing the script over and over and over again, and he was really struggling for a way to sort of start this film and to end this film. And it was when he landed on, we should have couples who have found the one and have had uh, uh, love in their life um, to introduce us to two characters who are going to have such difficulty in sort of finding love and maintaining love. I am so with Meg Ryan right here when two people are shifting the face off each other in my company and uh, I'm I'm in her, I'm like just just stop this is awkward please TMI uh, yeah it's look at those wigs this is where they're pretending that yeah. Billy Crystal is still in college he's 21 <laughs> yeah. I, it, it never fails to astound me how he, how much of a terrible person he is in this opening yeah. like he's just endlessly Shit, let's just, it's not even, the worst yeah. of it hasn't even started. And you know what's really, really strange is that I watched the Siskel and Ebert review of this film when it came out, and they were sort of comparing it to Annie Hall and saying it's not as good as Annie Hall, but it's serviceable. But one of the things that they said to sort of compliment the film is that Billy Crystal plays such a warm-hearted, nice guy in the movie. Oh. <laughs> like, no, Nobody he doesn't. Watching. He plays, no. he plays a total dick. Yeah. And... <laughs> It was, it was straight. The other thing that was really, oops. The other thing that was really strange was, um, they're interviewing Meg Ryan and it is that typical thing of no, when you look back at the sort of the casual sort of, uh, sexism that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying to Meg Ryan, you've got lovely legs. I was talking to Billy Crystal earlier and he said, you should see her in a bikini. I'm like, oh my God, this is actually oh her press tour. And that's the way that they speak to him. Things have changed quite dramatically. 
Oh God! Like Parkinson back in the day was. Oh God! You know when a female guest came on, Parkinson was just you know. Anyway, here we have Billy Chris. He had a real bad run with Meg Ryan, actually. Oh, with Parkinson. Meg Ryan, that's right. If you want to look at one of the most uncomfortable interviews ever, just Google or YouTube Michael Parkinson, Meg Ryan, and it's awful. Awful. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. Um, they were actually talking about that recently on the radio. I don't know who it right. was. It might have been, I don't know, like Tovridi or something. And I had no idea. And uh, they played it back. And it's something else. It's, uh, I had never heard it. He's oh, being pretty mean to her. Yeah. She is, yeah. He, she he is your is. guest. You're the one that's got to make the effort here. If she's uncomfortable, you know, put her at ease. You don't yeah. sort of double down and say, you're being quite taciturn here. Do you want to yeah. say something? It's like, that's the that's the, the fastest way to make someone feel even more self-conscious and uncomfortable. Um, yeah, he's quite, he really digs in. Like, he doesn't, he digs his heels in. It's quite, it's quite uncomfortable to, to listen to as well. These are I such love, great debates that they're having. Oh yeah, I love, I love the him eating the grapes and spitting the, the the seeds out the window, and the first one just goes flat against the window that's still up. And uh, a friend of mine, his granddad, did that in real life. Where he was, but he was he was coughing up phlegm, and he went, "Oh, don't." <laughs> Yes, just hit the window. Oh. And, he just, and he just used these to sleeve his coat just to oh. smear it in. <laughs> so I've already started uh, the, the tone. I've already brought down the tone of this entire audio commentary by, um, by throwing that anecdote in. Um, I love that they love Casablanca so much. Yeah. Um, I love that that's kind of at least their common ground is that they enjoy that movie, even if though they disagree on the ending. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They disagree about everything. Yeah. And Nora Ephron was saying that I was watching an interview with her and Rob Reiner where they were reminiscing about the film and uh, Rob Reiner changed his mind on the ending because he he met his wife uh, doing the movie and he fell in love. And up until then, he had a very different view of how the film should end. But Nora Ephron always felt that they... Well, this is a, a little bit of a spoiler for Will because Don't you can't it, remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I've watched I've watched seventy five percent of this today, and I can't remember how it ends. But go on, so don't uh, spoil it. Okay, Nora Ephron felt that they shouldn't uh, get together. Mm-hmm. She felt that these two people were incompatible and that it didn't ring true. Um, but Rob Reiner was like, "No, I think that these people are, are uh, stuck to each other. They can't yeah. get away from each other. The universe mm-hmm. is putting them together." and that's how it feels to me. That's the equation of it. It feels like, you know, yeah, they're, they're, it's the, they're, they're opposite, but they kind of, they're just that perfect makeup of personalities that they just about complement each other and no one else. That they, yeah. they can just complement only each other, but anyone else, it just doesn't click. For sure. I love so that fun. bit where she walks in and yells, I have plenty of good sex. Yeah. And then everyone just stops and looks. <laughs> yeah. Sheldon. <laughs> He's, he's so arrogant. He's so arrogant. I love the yeah. way though he he kind of is like you don't yeah like Sheldon can do your taxes but he yeah it is wonderful. <laughs> so come on, let's get down to brass tacks. Do you think that guys and girls can have uh, legitimate <laughs> friendships without there being uh, the complication of sexual attraction? I think if I they're think, both like like into the opposite sex, 
I think we, the, the, yes. Well, you, you also, it's very hard for me to say that, no, because I'm middle-aged married man. So, so the answer is yes. I have to say answer yes. Because your wife will say you cannot have friendships with her, unfortunately. Oh, God. Um, I suppose there's bound to be, if there's chemistry, there's chemistry. But it doesn't mean that it has to complicate things so much that you you can't remain friends with each other. I think that's just I think that's just society putting pressure on people, or it's other halves putting pressure on people to say that you cannot uh, have a, an intimate friendship with somebody without progressing to the next level. So therefore, you've got to cut off those relationships. I think that's I think that's almost abusive, to be honest. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'd agree with that, I think. And I think if you're in a relationship with somebody, like, there has to be some level of trust where you're like, I know you're not going to sleep with that guy or that woman or, do you know what I mean? You're friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. um, and then you just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what Nora Ephron said about this, which is that she, when they had the first sort of uh, meeting, about this uh, this project, Rob Reiner had pitched her on something else, and she immediately shot it down and said, "That's an awful idea." <laughs> and um, <laughs> she was quite forthright, and uh, and it got quite awkward because their lunch hadn't even started yet, and so they were sitting there just having lunch, and then they started talking about what was going on in each other's lives, who were they dating, and what was the dating scene like for two single men. It was Rob Reiner and his producing partner. And um, she was flabbergasted at the escapades of the two guys and how they were treating women and, and sort of this um, cocksure sort of like Hollywood. Because Rob Reiner was a, was a TV star. So he was just like having a ball. And, um, and from that came the idea where uh, Rob Reiner wanted to do something about could men and women uh, ever be friends without becoming a, a, a sexual relationship and if they did have sex would that ruin the, the friendship and uh, Nora Ephron went I, that's a movie and I know exactly how that movie plays and she went from the drive back from that thinking it starts too soon it starts with these two people having the meet cute and everything going wrong and then they break apart from each other and they don't sort of sustain that whereas in other movies they would just meet each other and they would continue on for the, the course of uh, whatever the length of the movie is. But in this, they say goodbye to each other twice before they actually meet each other for real when they're ready to sort of um, really grill each other about life and stuff. Yeah, and they're they're also a little older. Like, they're a little older and a little wiser by the time they get together and by the time they're able to have those sort of mature conversations. And, but like, they absolutely hate each other from here and then even the next time they meet now we'll see in a, in a, a few minutes um, she just like can't stand to be near him so I think if there's like wisdom in getting older as well and having that life experience of, of love and French and relationships and friendships and breakups but it's a great conceit where they meet each other after coming out of a long distance relationship and they say um, we're just going to be friends there's going to be no sex involved and then they immediately have sex and then it's like know what happens can they be friends we're giving it away well hold on i got to that bit later on i've seen what happens that's w- that's way in the future that's like yeah 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 i've been there i've been there um i i just love when he pulls up oh we haven't got to it yet but you know what i love is the idea of driving across america 
that's one of my kind of like box bucket list things. I would love to drive across America. Like, um, I had a friend that did it, and he didn't rate it at all. He um, which way did he go? <laughs> which road did he take? The long way. The long way. But he went by himself, and yeah. um, he said he would never do it again. He would go with others yeah. because there's just days and days and days where there's nothing around, and you're just I've driving. Heard. I've heard uh, the way to do it is get a train. But I love this here, right? So that's they're pulling it. It's not a road trip. It's not a road trip. It's a train trip. Uh, but see this here. They pull up outside. That's Washington Square, I'm pretty sure. And they, they just pull up outside like it's his oh, it's house. Paris. And, <laughs> but like he gets out as in, ah, here we go. I'm going to live here now. And there's no, like, you know, there's no houses here. It's just because it's a pretty spot. <laughs> and in my head was watching this. I was like going, why is he, why is he getting off here? Like, you should be able to park it anyway sorry um not to to switch movies but i loved that joke in the ghostbusters uh reboot that they did with the the female ghostbusters mm -hmm. where they were going around to sort of find a location for their headquarters and the real estate agent showed them the same fire house from the original movie and they're like oh, oh my god this nice. is this is amazing. This is exactly what we need. So the asking price is thirty-two million. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she quotes them like some exorbitant <laughs> rental yeah. fee, and they're like, "We'll find some else." Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so now we've got couple? this. Yeah, the second couple. And I love that all the couples aren't all sweetie pie. Like, you know, the first one is really cute and it's like, you know, perfect Hallmark kind of love story. And they all, they all have their own unique kind of like um, little, uh, they're all not perfect Hallmark uh, stories of how they're in the relationship. And I, I like that. But it's a bit, it's, it's kind of peppering reality in amongst the, 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 the romance. And now we jump forward. It's five years, isn't it? Yeah, we're going yes. too hard. Yeah. yeah, and we're in the airport because there's a there's a great moment where um, Meg Ryan is crying uh, in, at the third jump, and she's like, mm -hmm. "I'm single, and one day I'm going to be forty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <He's> like, <laughs> when? Oh my god! Five, yeah. five years. <laughs> five years. Yeah. yeah, and like she's so she was about well, she was, I think younger than that. But like I was looking and she's she has an apartment in New York on her own in her early 30s. I was like going, oh, my God. Good job. Like, yeah, good job. Oh, yeah, of course. She's <laughs> oh, she, she was a journalist. Isn't that what she was? Uh, yes. I think it was. I can't remember. I did look this up because I couldn't. I know he I knew he was like a lawyer or something, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, because the, his body it writes and she writes. And that's why they thought they'd be perfect fit. Oh, that's, that's right. It. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Nora Ephron herself. Here you go. Oh, um, Natasha, Natasha shared an amazing article that Nora Ephron wrote. And it's, and I, and do you want to tell, like, a, it's kind of a long story, but you can give an abridged version of it, but it's a fantastic story. It's so, it's so good. So she wrote this article for The New Yorker called um, My Life as an Heiress because she, and actually anybody who isn't familiar with Nora Ephron's writings for The New Yorker should go and check them out or, she wrote for loads of different places, actually. So I do encourage people to look at those essays and articles and whatever. But yeah, the um, so my life as as an heiress. Um, so basically, uh, she was um, working on the screenplay, and she said herself and her husband were kind of a little bit hard up. But she was told basically that her her father told her that basically her uncle, who they were sort of a little bit close to. 
but the, herself, uh, himself and her aunt um, didn't have any kids, but had sort of remained sort of connected to them throughout the years. And he was dying. And uh, okay. he said, um, her dad rang her one day and he said, oh, Hal, your uncle has is, is going to put you in the will. Uh, so he's going to, he decided to uh, leave you his fortune um, with your three sisters. So whatever it is, it's going to be split four ways. So she thought, okay, fine. And uh, so she got a call one day to say that he, he died, the uncle had died, and she didn't expect it to be all that much money at all. Um, but she rang her uh, sister, Delia, who is also a writer, um, after he died and said, prepare to be an heiress. But neither of them really thought that it would be that much. But of course, she decided she, you know, she began to fantasize because she knew that he had been like himself and his his wife, her aunt had been a bit of a collector of fancy things, and they had money in this development in Puerto Rico. And she thought, "Geez, did maybe, lots of properties, did lots loads of property. property. So yeah. she thought maybe actually, oh, they used to flip houses. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. They used to flip houses, and they used to um, kind of acquire a lot of money. So she thought, "Geez, maybe I'm going to get like half a million out of this or something, split four ways." Yes. Anyway, um, she was like, "If I get all this money." The screenplay is hard to write. I don't want to do it anymore. So if I get half a million or three quarters of a million, I'm not doing it anymore. And I can do the garden up because um, she was saying like there's this running joke in the article. She's like, that makes just, complete sense to yeah, me. We've just uh, we've just moved house. She said uh, she explains the article herself and husband moved house and um, they didn't have any money to do the garden up. So she said, I'll do the garden up and quit the screenplay. Yeah. Um, but as it turned out. Uh, there was barely any money in the pot at all and I think the uncle had decided to give away some half of it to his cleaner and then the other half went to the four sisters so she said long story short they ended up with about 40 grand oh my god Um, so she got about 40 grand after fantasizing about getting half a million Um, but she said you know they did the garden up but had it not been for such a little amount she would have not finished when Harry met Sally. That's the downside of having siblings. <laughs> hey, you just you just spoke over it there. Say, say that again. Uh, what was the, the very end of it? What was the screenplay she was writing? So she was writing when Harry met Sally. So she said, if I had not gotten so little, I wouldn't have finished it. Um, so she said, if I oh wow. yeah. So if I she said if I'd gotten the fortune that I thought that I you know I, that I fantasized about, I really would have stopped writing the screenplay. But um, because I didn't get that much, I just carried it on. And like it's not there was nothing. Uh, That's like the universe you know. is sort yeah. of like wanting this to happen. Yeah, it's kismet. Remember that word that yeah. word you brought up over in the past. Yeah, and kismet. They, they they were millionaires, but one of their, their a cousin or a nephew on the other side has had um, sucked them into this property development in oh, Ponzi scheme. Stuff. Yeah, Ponzi scheme. So they actually he had actually siphoned off a lot of their money or lost it just basically through bad, a bad business deal. So there was practically well not nothing, but there was very little left compared to what they were originally imagining. Um, it was a great story, beautifully written. It was so well written. Could. Could you imagine that if you told uh, uh, someone you're getting married and they burst out laughing into your face like you're getting married, you, that reaction. (laughs) They're so hateful to one another, but it's so it's so lovely. It's like they can just insult each other and it, it just bounces off each other. Yeah, they seem to. Yeah, that's I think that's a key to our friendship is to be able to insult each other and not get too offended. The key to our friendship, the key to a friendship, oh, a friendship. To, <laughs> is to uh, 
is to know know the line basically to know the line that you can cross i think that might be it yeah i find this dig in so oh, it gives me the ick when he's like i know you want to be held all night afterwards and i just want to leave i think they shot this in the sweet spot in terms of uh 80s films like it it didn't get to 90s it was just at the tail end of of the 80s so 89 so it doesn't have that 80s sort of like gaudiness and it doesn't have that 90s sort of sheen it's like right in that sweet spot of feeling quite classical yeah it looks good it is beautifully shot Barry Sonnenfeld did a good job shooting this because it does look gorgeous I feel like New York has a lot to do with you know films feeling timeless Um, Mm, yeah you know um Because so much of it, like in its its surroundings, sort of stays the same for like the eighties, and and you know, unless they, I suppose, look at you look at kind of big landmarks that have changed or whatever, um, for like newer landmarks, but like all the older ones, and New York is a is a sort of it's in its uh, architecture feels the same. To New York, haven't you? Well, but have you been, Natasha? Have you yeah, been? yeah, I was there a few years ago. Yeah. Oh wow, I've never been. Oh, I should go. It is. Well, actually, it's been a, 10 years since I've been there, but I've been there six or seven times and uh, I, I loved it every time. Absolutely loved it. It's just it's just one of those places. In what respect? Is it the energy of the place? Or the, 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 just it, yeah, the there's, there is a there scale is, of it. All of that. Yeah, the scale of it, but also the energy, the excitement. There's an excitement like that around every corner. There's, a, there's something new can happen. Yeah, it's not like in LA. It's like there's a sprawl emptiness of uh, of like oh well, there's nothing for ten blocks, literally nothing, just buildings for ten blocks. But in New York, there's always something different happening, and you turn a corner and you could be in a different district, like China Chinatown, and you just, and all, every, all of a sudden everything is is the signs yeah, yeah. of Chinese people are Chinese, and um, and you're and then turn another corner you're in Little Italy, Little Italy, which is kind of around the area where. Kat Steiner is in this. Um, I, I, so love, I love this couple. I love that they broke up and then got back together. It's like we oh, were married yeah. and then we broke up and then I ran after her. I ran into her at a funeral. <laughs> and he <laughs> ditched right? the woman he was with. He's like, I ditched yeah. Roberta. We go for coffee. <laughs> oh, I actually feel like people have have shot this. Um, was it Mayor of Easttown just did it recently where there was a couple in that where they uh, there was a funeral. Somebody was a widow, and they they met up with an old lost flame, who was a high school right. sweetheart. Yeah, what's so, something like that. Yeah. And Carrie Fisher here, no, a force of nature. She's wonderful. I always found it very strange when I because I did see this around the time when it did come out on VHS, and I I could never resolve myself to seeing Carrie Fisher in roles that weren't Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Yeah, you always just felt. I always felt that's not Princess Leia. Wait, why, why is Princess Leia? Yeah, why is Princess Leia? But no, she carries Princess Leia in my head is always regal and uh, kind of like uh, pristine. And in this, she's uh, I'm like going, well, Princess Leia doesn't talk like that. And you know what's funny for me? This is like archetypal C- Carrie Fisher for me. Yeah, this feels like this is more of who she was than Princess Leia. That's really it's probably absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meg Ryan was saying that Carrie Fisher. Uh, for years afterwards would still call her up and she would always call her uh, she would always say this it's your sidekick calling because mm. she was the, the sidekick in this film 
I love love that she takes out the big Rolodex. I think it's funnier. Yeah. I think it's funnier now that yeah. this is not in our lives. It's just such a clunky object. It's so She's like going. it's so big. It's like imagine carrying that round in my bag. That's yuppie eighties as well for you. Yeah, absolutely. The size of it, it is my, it's so impractical. Oh that was my probably God. like a pocket version. Like, <laughs> and the other girl pulls out hers, and it's like a filing cabinet that she's been just dragging it, dragging around with her on a skateboard. I love Carrie Fisher's dialogue and whole action in this. I love that she just, when she said, "Here's that your man Ken Darman's married," that she just folds it down and puts it back. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. She's waiting for. It's yeah. It's just like yeah. I because when I watched it t- today, I, I was expecting oh she's just going to rip it up and she doesn't. Just a little fold out, isn't? Yeah. yeah. Just a note, like no need just to get rid of it. Just to like, I love this fine little detail in her action, just to note for later. It's wonderful. And you know what? One of the things that struck me about this film is in a lot of like the preceding rom-coms, as we've had so many rom-coms, what irks me about some of the mawkish rom-coms is that the central characters, kind of, everyone revolves around the central character. Like all of the sporting characters are there just to hang on there every word. Whereas in this film, Meg Grime does feel like just one part of a unit. And she yeah. feels like this kind of like, the, the supporting character to Carrie, someone else's relationship. Yeah, it changes. Carrie Fisher is there as um, she's. This is something I try to do when I'm writing, is to to populate the movie with characters who signify something for the protagonist um, that they may not be aware of. Whether, like in this case, like the way the Carrie Fisher and uh, what's his guy, what's his name, the guy from City Slickers. Um, Billy Crystal. No, the, I know the, the guy. his friend. I his friend. Uh, yeah. Kirby, your man. What's his name? First, second yeah, name the Kirby. The, the Uno Uno something is, is his name in this, but um, that they immediately just hook up and have a very successful relationship together, mm-hmm. and it's sort of it's there to sort of draw a, a, a comparison to Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan's characters who cannot get together. Mm-hmm. So they're not just superfluous characters, or they're not just there as comic foil. They're there to specifically show them what they're doing wrong, which is that they, they're not, they're not, they don't have the same purposefulness in their lives. They're sort of drifting, and if they just sort of commit, you never know what could happen. Yeah, and I, I think what's interesting is that Carrie Fisher's character, um, like she's obviously in this disastrous situation with this guy she's having an affair with. So like. You kind of feel when you watch this for the first time, you think, "Oh my God, what a disaster!" You know what? Yeah. What, a, what a sort of train wreck of a of a relationship, you know? And you think, you know, it can't get much worse. And then actually, she's the one that ends up in a the most stable, loving relationship yeah. first. Yeah. And it kind of subverts your own expectations about you know people and your friends and how you judge other people. Um, and that's the beauty of this film. It is all about relationships in different different ways, you know. Yeah, Rob Reiner was saying that uh, he. we keep getting notes saying um, you have these successful people in the prime of their life and all they do is get together and just talk about relationships. Don't they have anything else going on in their life? Don't they even care about their careers? Like what's going on in that respect? He said, I don't give a fuck about their careers. This is what the movie is. I, I want them to talk about the things that matter. And the great mystery that... Uh, well, is a part of everyone's life, and it's one of the only things that that everyone uh, in their own life can sort of um, 
uh, question is who am I going to end up with or who is the one for me uh, and how is that going to play out it's like the defining mystery of everybody's life mm-hmm. you know what I loved about that scene just there we had a scene where Billy Crystal was telling his best friend Jess that his wife it wasn't his wife it, anyway it, she, she'd broken up with him a week before that and it's really tragic and it's awful and it's a simple like you know over the shoulder two shot for both of them but it's the setting of it that makes it funny. Yeah. Not only that, is it really well Mexican dialogue scenes. Yeah, they're in a crowd watching watching the the football match, American football match, and the Mexican wave is constantly going around, and they have to do stand up and do the Mexican wave, and it just just lifts it a bit of lifts it, gives it a bit of levity, and also it makes it visually kind of interesting rather than just two characters just talking at each other. Yeah, it's like with the with the famous scene from the movie. The fact that they said, Let, let's do it in a diner. Let's not do it with them just themselves where she's in a car or yeah. it's a walk in the park. Let's do it in a public place. And suddenly the whole scene is just transformed into something else. And it doesn't feel icky. It feels comical and like she's mocking yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. This whole thing is so... And now he's, he's arrogance right now because he's in that kind of point of despair because he's been, he's been booted to the curb. And uh, now he's meeting, uh, he's, they're in a bookshop and he's after spotting Meg Ryan and Carrie Fisher. And he's kind of just kind of stalking her a little bit. But his character is definitely the, um, the, the arrogance we saw in him in the very first scene is absolutely gone from him because he's so wounded. He's humbled. He's very What was humbled. the, what was the, the part of the bookstore he was in again? There's that life of growth. growth. Yeah, staring over at you from personal yeah. growth. I'm just gonna. I was, I was trying to spot the titles of some of those books because some of them are hilarious. Personal growth titles. If you cut back actually wide in a second, I'll try and find them. One of them is just called Cold Feet. <laughs> I feel like it must be. Do you know what the alternate titles were for this? Because they they struggled for ages. They even had a, a raffle going on with the crew to sort of guess or oh, to pick God. the title. Yeah, I don't know. So the one of the titles that they were working off of for a long time was um, How They Met. Okay. Oh, that is yeah. It didn't really stick for them. But the one that they all sort of loved the most, and then they didn't end up using it, was um, uh, Harry, This Is is Sally. That was going to be the title. And Nora Ephraim was like, I love that title, Harry, This Is Sally. Uh, And... Rob Rayner said, yeah, I, I loved it as well. But when I put the three dots on when Harry met Sally, then I loved the title. And she's like, ah, I still don't like it. I think Harry, this is Sally is such a nicer title. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, no, yeah. I, you know, when you're so familiar and so used to when Harry met Sally, it's, uh, you know, we're, we can't we can't put ourselves in that shoes because we can't go in a time machine and be there. Uh but it's so hard to put. Sometimes it is a really challenging thing to figure out what the title of a thing should be. Mm. I've, I've gone off projects because I've, I haven't been able to nail the title. Mm-hmm. I, I, so hard. I have to say, like, I absolutely think this scene is brilliant. I think this shows Nora Ephron's brilliance from just playing or writing characters that are just so, that feel very natural, that feel very real. Because, like, we're taken then out of this romantic comedy zone and we're going into, like, the big debates. Sally, like, yeah, like Sally's kind of real life personal um, hopes and dreams and fears and desires that are, are coming out and and kind of, you know, she's talking about wanting to have kids and, and you know, talking to her friends who 
have kids and you know her and her ex now it's you know the way in which she kind of frames her relationship as being yes yeah, suddenly she's a real character in this yeah moment. she's yeah, exactly she's like Nora Ephron in, in a minute gives gives her incredible depth um and I love that and I think that's what's missing from so many rom-coms is that they get so glib mm. they get so sort of like uh they sort of feel like yeah you know that this is about guy meets girl and they're going to end up together so they, they sort of just shy away from anything meaningful and it just becomes pratfalls and um, escapades and witty repartee and that's all it is. They don't sort of decide. Let's really scratch under the surface here. Well, what I loved about this film um, that I think is makes it very real is that, is that it spans it spans at least a decade, if not more time than a decade. And people in real life don't you know i i don't think we change all that much but we do change we do change our goals we do change our kind of like what we need and what we want in life and so meg ryan's character and and billy crystal's character kind of their their attitude and their outlook in life changes as they grow older and mature and have more life experiences i just love that structure of jumping ahead five years how mm-hmm. life is how life has affected them and how life has just turned from where we where we where we left them a cut previous to that and um yeah yeah as you say it feels real the whole thing feels real see i I don't i don't think yeah i don't feel any much different to when i did when i was like 25 26 like in my head that's who i still like you still feel vibrant and and uh and like you don't feel like you get older, but I do think your energy changes and the things that you want to put your energy into changes. Mm-hmm. So you sort of um, refocus your energy in, in certain ways and things that used to just totally occupy your mind or, or occupy all your interests, they don't sort of hold the same um, sway over you. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think your approaches as well and like the ways, like things that would worry you when you're in your early 20s, just don't, they just don't maybe phase you as much, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I always used to think that when people said respect your elders, that it it meant because they've got so much more um, smarts than you, that they're they're wiser than you are. Mm. But I actually think they say respect your elders because they've suffered a lot more than you have. So they're more tender hearted and they are, they've gone through loss. They've lost people that were incredibly important to them, uh, whether it's relationships or whether it's death uh, or, or it's life stuff where things have gone wrong. And uh, for that reason, I think you should be more respectful to those who've lived longer than you because they've just gone through a lot more shit than you have. Mm. Yeah. There was a couple there. We just had one of those interstitial uh, interviews with a couple there. And I, they were the one that I thought was, oh, that has to be scripted because they were almost like a musical number, the way they yeah. were talking over each other. And they were just like almost complimenting each other like it was... <laughs> It was something from a musical. I said, no, that's where I thought, oh, no, they, they, these are actors. But uh, but yeah, knowing that they're genuine is cool. Reminded me of uh, you and Kevin. You're finishing each other's sentences and speaking over each other. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, we're heavily edited. <laughs> Sorry, Alice. Uh, look at this apartment that he's in. Look at this this loft. So this is like, what well, would you consider this a, what is this? This is a loft type thing? I could see this fanciful. Yeah. And you see what Billy Crystal does there. He It's something he said in the very first scene about he always reads the last page of a book. 
He said, and he does it several times throughout the film. I know loads of people that do that, and I do not understand. Really? Yeah, they want to know that the book ends uh, the way that they hope it does, so that they will commit the time to reading it. Yeah. And I do not understand that that psychology. I and I love this kind of montage bit of the two of them kind of just living with each other not just becoming <laughs> friends and the frustration when she's putting the letters into the mailbox and putting each one in individually making sure they go down he just snatches them after oh god I know and their oh. little the, the voiceover where they're just as well you're yeah. kind of this hearing is, them talking very deep conversation over all this funny stuff this is cute but if you edited that with different music that would be quite an abusive moment there <laughs> And now we go to the, a wonderful scene, and I'm going to say this is the very first audio commentary. This is the very first non-filmmaker audio commentary where the two of them are in bed oh, yeah. talking over the movie. They're doing what we're doing. They're watching the film and talking over the movie. <laughs> oh, I love that. We should be in our beds. Uh, we should just be in bed. And, uh, well, well, I'm in my pajamas. pajamas. I should be in my pajamas. <laughs> I'm in slippers. That'll have to do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it's so wonderful. Are you? And I love you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, go on. No, go on, Natasha. Go on. I was going to say, are you guys more like Sally? Are you kind of a little bit uptight, checking your letters before you go in? And, um, you know, I'm definitely more like Sally. I'm yeah. not as um, I'm not as well as really Crystal was. I'm not as cynical or as uh, um, bullish. I'm definitely. I'm more uh, neurotic. If if you can call her neurotic, but yeah. More introspective, I think. And, and I've got a smart mode. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't know. I'm, I I'm, fake all my orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, what about you? Are you? Do you feel you're more of a Sally or a Harry? I'm definitely Sally. I'm. I'm definitely that person who like she talks about marking the maps so that they know where they can pull over to like right. uh, was it change shifts and driving and I'm, that's something I would absolutely do. I would definitely do that. And I'm a chronic double checker as well, so I'd probably. I don't send a whole lot of posts, but if I did, I'd probably do it like Sally. <laughs> well, Will can you know. can verify. I'm the one that does the scheduling on the podcast, yeah. and I can get down to changing the fonts to signify. <laughs> yeah, Kevin is what day it's going to be, so that you can tell if they're color coordinated. And yeah, and I'm very. I think yeah, I am probably the Harry in that relationship where I just swat in and just go. So what's what are we doing now? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, just, and I'm like going, oh, just leave it. <laughs> It'll be grand. It'll be grand. <laughs> but this is one of his weird dreams. Oh, yeah. I just Could you imagine if they did a sequel to this? They almost did. Did they? I was just about to ask. Yeah, they almost did, but they just decided that there was no story for it. There was just nothing else to say. Um, and I think I think Billy Crystal wanted to develop it with Nora Ephron, but um, I read that they didn't know where to take it. And I think they just like the ending. He said like made everybody believe in love and believe in kind of relationships that could work. So they, I think they just didn't want to try to undo that in any way. Yeah, that's the thing. What's gas is that Nora Ephron and Meg Ryan went on to make uh, a couple more rom coms, kind of classic ones, but with Tom Hanks. Who yeah. was originally cast? So there's Sleepers in Seattle, I'm right in saying that, and then they went and did You've Got, You've mail. got mail. So they kind of, you feel like that 
could have been Billy Crystal as well. Either of those roles could have been pretty Billy Crystal. Yeah, well, Sleeps in Seattle was before, just before this, wasn't it? Or is it after? Was it? I know it's it after this. Sleeps in Seattle is definitely in early 90s. Definitely. Yeah, I remember that. Cause it has that 90s cinema. vibe. Yeah. 94, I would say. So this this scene here, by the way, is, is also yeah. like Billy Crystal. That's improv. Like he wasn't going to do that accent. Oh, right. And she just kept see that little look to the to her right. Like she's looking yeah. at Rob Reiner going like she wasn't sure whether to keep going. And Rob Reiner oh. just kept rolling. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So they do the whole thing with that. Yeah, like she's, big... she's cracking up for Brilliant. real. For realsies. He wasn't supposed to do that accent, but he just went for it and <laughs> kept it going. He's um he's a brilliant Oscars host. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you talk about you know sometimes you talk about chemistry and chemistry. I don't I don't ever know how to quantify chemistry between actors. But these two have chemistry. There's a a natural energy that they that they that they're given off to each other, and um, and it radiates out into the audience. I feel, but also it's it's it wouldn't exist if you didn't have. Nor Efron's like amazing script. Mm. I think um, it's a, it's a gleefulness that you put two people together and they know that mischief's going to happen or mm. they're going to start giggling and they just like being in each other's company and it, you can't manufacture that. It's just uh it's just, it's just the molecules just sort of fizz between you and it doesn't need to be sexual. It can be just like two bodies that just sort of they hit it off really well and they just make you know moments happen and they know that when they get together stuff's going to happen and it's going to be fun mm. oh and you know in what the previous scene in the apartment he said I know in the previous scene he said to her and I loved it it's really I thought it was lovely when he's saying to her are you going to are you going to just like this for your date yeah and uh, and it's like I wouldn't <laughs> he's such a shit but no no hold on a second no I find that the opposite I find that is that that was a friend saying. Well, because no. he's 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 trying to he's trying to set her up and sort of give her pointers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think it was coming from a constructive point of view, where he's like going, "Look, you should wear a skirt. You've got you've got what a great legs or whatever it is." But you see in this next scene, we actually she's not wearing a skirt, but she's wearing like this kind of like what is it? A kind of what would you describe it? A pants kind of like slacks, slacks, and leggings. We, because up to this, we've kind of seen her wearing like you know long pants. Um. Oh right, right, right. So it's sort of subliminally that she's yeah, I think it is. That she, yeah, she's taken uh, on board that yeah. that thing, and it's and she's taken on that as a compliment, as in not even like oh, it's not even she's trying to attract attract him, but it's more like oh, I take his advice. Yeah, there's a thing that 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 women do, um, which is uh, uh, I don't know how you describe it, but it's it's sort of like it's like mirroring. So if women like each other, then they will groom each other without being uh, aware they're doing it. So be like, they're talking to each No, uh, let me finish. Like they're talking to each other and uh, uh, there's a hair or on someone's jacket and they'll pluck it off. They'll pluck the hair off while they're still talking to each other, not saying anything. And it's just a sort of like thing that I notice. Maybe you should ask that the woman in the, in the call to see if that's but it's a thing. It's a, it's a very... Em- well, yes, but I'm like. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I think I don't think I don't. I don't think I do that. But I, I definitely know. I have definitely been talking to people from costume departments, and they will, they will do it. They will like 
kind of straighten your collar. Oh, but it's their job, yeah. They're like, but like I would, I'd just be talking to them about like, oh, how's your day? And they'll just be straightening your collar and picking up lint and stuff like that. And they'll just, wow. be like, mm, yeah. And they'll go yeah, like they'll have the conversation, right? Really enough, and it'll be fine. But in like by the end of it, you'll be looking, <laughs> your, your collar will be straight, and there'll be no fluff on you. It's mirroring. It's sort of yeah. a, it's it's an empathy thing where it's uh, if if you smile, they'll smile, and um, it it's it only happens when people like each other. I, I've, it happens very, very rarely, but I love it when people do that to me. I love when people kind of straightens me up or kind of like, I'm not, not like my wife, but someone that I'm friendly with and they will just kind of like, here, I'll just grab that for you. And it's like, uh, oh, here's a famous scene. I am. Um, so you and I will have been here. I've been yeah. here. It's exactly the same. It it's, is. It's exact. What's on you when you go in? Yeah. is what's unusual is it? the height of that counter see that counter that yeah. counter is tall it's really and tall. those yeah so it's about I would say it's definitely five foot high so um, and then so the guys who are working so behind have they counter, raised them up or they're on raised the angle? they're way up no 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 that's the actual that's the true nature of it so the guys working behind the counter are raised up a foot above that so you're ordering up at these guys like way above your head and um, the sandwiches are absolutely divine it is what sandwich gorgeous. did you order i got a i got a so my friend got a reuben and i got pastrami on rye with pickles this all sounds like fake food to me whenever i hear it it's like it's movie food yeah never because i didn't rec- like a, <laughs> i didn't recognize any of the ingredients i didn't recognize any of the ingredients so i just went give me some give me a, a, a that and a that and i just pointed at things and i or i just ordered a ham and cheese um, <laughs> yeah yeah tuna melt they're famous for their their pastrami though if like if you go on they have an instagram page and it's just videos of them cutting up pastrami which i think is quite funny but it's just their their thing i don't even know what pastrami is is it like uh it's a cold meat beef yeah, kind of. I think oh, he's okay. eating it. What Billy Crystal's eating is yeah. probably. Do you think that might be it? Yeah, I think so. But oh, here we if go. If you are, oh. oh, here she goes. Yes. Oh. Okay. It's because it's the Silent. setting. Oh. It's the setting of it makes it funny. Are you okay? And I remember uh, they sort of almost did a callback to this. Uh, if you can call it a callback in uh, Friends. Yeah, that's right. When when Monica um, does her, you know, points you should hit on a on a female body, and it's like seven, yeah. seven, seven, <laughs> seven. I want to tell you so. I want to go screenwriting ner- screenwriter nerd on you, right? So uh, on screen, Meg Ryan is doing her very famous fake orgasm scene. You know what point it is in the film? It's the goddamn mid act climax. We are actually. This is <laughs> oh again with you. This is the mid-act climax. Hang we on a second. We are Natasha, in the middle. Have you film. ever heard of a mid-act climax? I mean, I've heard of a midpoint. Midpoint is what but I've not heard. A, not a mid-act climax. If you do, let's say that's a thing. That's a thing. A mid-act climax. She is literally having her climax in the mid-act climax. And for me, for me, right structurally, when I was watching it, this is the moment which cha- where things change between the two of them. Right, this is the moment where it just, that's this, that's the sex scene. This is the sex scene of the film, and they have the honeymoon period. After this is the honeymoon period. Okay, right? go on. There's one thing that they regret not adding into the film, and I can't remember what, who who said it uh, to them, but Rob Reiner said, "So we had this moment where women pretend to have orgasms, and men pretend to listen, and." 
they wanted to include that in the movie and they didn't. And he said it's the, it's the one thing that he would uh, add into the film uh, that was the counterpoint and he didn't. Ah, that was interesting. Isn't there something kind of special about like kind of say 80s, 90s films that have New York at Christmas time? I don't know, maybe it's oh, a nostalgic thing for me. Oh yeah. You know? No, no. And the music that's oh, here time. Uh, and the music that's used particularly with this scene there's something it's got that Harry Connick Jr mm. it's not Harry Connick Jr but the the, uh, the music this is I can see why you would watch this film on New Year's night it is it's not it's, it's not full on Christmas but it's got Christmas and New Year's and here we are it's also so, very affirming it is yeah it is affirming yeah it is and it's kind of like you know it's kind of like a film for people who are feeling a little bit lost or if you feel a little bit astray I think it's it's that's everybody though I don't think yeah. anyone ever feels like they're not lost I think that's just part of being human is that you're, you, you, you're always seeking but sometimes you feel a little bit more astray than at other times so if you're feeling a little bit off the beaten path I think it's if you're if you're feeling isolated I think definitely yeah oh I, I really and what's coming up here now so we've had the the Christmas and as I'm saying, this is the this is the honeymoon period, right? This is the honeymoon period, right? Um, and now it was the New Year's party, and we're getting they're getting closer together, they're getting more intimate. I love how they know that the clock is ticking down, and what do they do when it's like the, the countdown is happening? They run, and I I feel they're trying to avoid the kiss, you know. Or avoid having to kiss. And I love that subtle shift change just as they're dancing there when everything slows down and they just have this moment where we see that actually there there has there's there's a change in energy. The vibe is a little bit getting a and little you know, bit different now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're watching this without the music, we, we we're not hearing the the ratatata, the dialogue. You just can tell what the story is telling you through yeah. the performances. Just it's it's all on the screen it's all and I think what I love about this film as well is that they're afraid they're afraid of being together I think for me it's because they're they're at one rung above rock bottom and if this relationship also fails it's going to really scare both of them and it'll ruin that friendship that friendship that friendship as well the the risk the risk of this of that of them having sex is that friendship and it's set up when Billy Crystal talks about it in that first try to the car. And that's what's precious about this, is their their relationship together, their friendship, and their attraction is putting that at threat. And I find it brilliant. It's brilliant storytelling. Brilliant storytelling. So now what are some in. other romantic comedies uh, you like? I have one, but it's almost like the anti-rom-com. It's um, my best friend's wedding. Oh, okay. Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts is um, Rupert's. Her best friend is getting married to to a younger, prettier girl, uh, Cameron okay. Diaz, and she becomes the antagonist of the movie. And we follow her, where her goal is: I'm going to split them up, and I'm going to show him he's marrying the wrong girl. He should be marrying me. Mm-hmm. And she goes off. She realizes that Cameron Diaz's character is so charming, so lovable, so open-hearted, and she's finding herself pushed more and more into the villain role. Right. And uh, I just love the fact that she eventually comes to realize that she's chasing him, he's chasing Cameron Diaz, and no one's chasing her. 
and that she's gone down the wrong path and she needs to let him go. And it ends with her on her own at his wedding and watching him uh, go off. Uh, but she uh, still has her best friend. And uh, I think it's a lovely sort of like, um, it's a lovely character arc. Mm. And uh, I remember being in college and I talked about what I th- uh, the Ron Bass script about how uh, clever I thought it was and how sort of um, flying in the face and anarchic it was. And I got like laughed out of the... Uh, <laughs> out of the class for sort of like um, <laughs> saying my best friend's wedding is a cracking film <laughs> and everyone's sort of like trying to be too cool for school and college all about like Michael Mann and what have you and I'm like my best friend's wedding is great <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it what about you Natasha do you have any other uh, cracking rom-coms that you adore yeah I absolutely love Moonstruck with Cher and Nick Cage. Oh, that's oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Flannery and was it? Yeah, uh, John yeah. Patrick Flannery. From um, yeah. Wild Mountain Wild Mountain Time, time fame. <laughs> or more uh, Doubt, I would say, you know. Doubt. Which is a masterpiece. Which is amazing. I haven't what seen, other ones? I haven't seen Wild Mountain Time yet. Oh, Nor have I, but I, I feel like I've... I've <laughs> it's I just a pure like was enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Any other ones? Um, Some Like It Hot, classic... Oh yeah, I love that yeah. film. Um, I also saw. Uh, so I teach women's authorship in UCD, and we were doing silent cinema, and I watched um, it, uh, which is like a silent movie from the twenties, and it's just—it's actually all on YouTube, but it's well worth a look. It's so funny and it's so sweet. Oh, um, it's called it. It. Yeah, yeah, that's all it's called. Yeah. Okay. And um, oh, what's the name of the actor in it? Oh my god, it's going to This always Clara happens Bo, in the Clara Bow. Uh, oh yeah, famous flapper, silent movie star. Yeah, she. It's kind of her one of her uh, vehicles. It's brilliant. Oh well, I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, that's a real. What about you, Will? Oh, I'm. Oh Jesus. Um, I love. Okay, well, I'm gonna. The lazy and obvious, obvious one is four weddings and a funeral i think i still like that yeah um okay i think that one is fun anyway so i wish to win here mr my best friend's wedding i'll let you talk about that one <laughs> you know more recent ones i'm just trying to think of a more recent one i remember really enjoying um crazy stupid love the one with steve Krell and um oh yeah the life coach, ryan gosling uh, ryan gosling yeah that's yeah. a great one mm-hmm. um when they're good when you get them right, they're amazing. They're the best type of films. But there are so many pale imitations or, or pale attempts and shoddy attempts at it. But when they're done well like this, um, they When they have fantastic. a good conceit, because as I was saying, it, they are like, they're, if you script them like a mystery, where it's, are these people going to end up together? Mm. And you, they're learning about each other and sort of the twists and turns of who that person is. And that's not what you expected. And do you still like that person? Then it gets really... <laughs> fun and interesting mm-hmm. mm. I love this scene because they set up they've done a double date yeah. where they're yeah. where getting Carrie Fisher on a date with uh, his friends with Billy Crystal's friend they have zero in common and uh, and they both have this conversation where Carrie Fisher pulls Meg Ryan aside and says well what about uh, your buddy Jess um, and she says oh fine but like not right now you know think about Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal's having the exact same conversation with Jess to say what about Carrie Fisher you know you know and he says absolutely fine but like wait a week because I'm worried about Meg Ryan and he says absolutely and then and wait, then wait for it yeah here we wait go for it. <laughs> it's probably the second biggest laugh in the movie it's brilliant yeah they're both just like Ugh. 
<laughs> Within seconds of promising. <laughs> uh, I think I'll get a cab. I'll I go think with I'll you. Get a, I'll go Absolutely with you. Absolutely promise. Yeah. Can you when, go? Both yeah. of them seconds away from promising their best friends that they wouldn't go away with the other. They're gone. And I love that because... That's because so true to life, though. It's so true to life. And you know what this whole secret, that whole um, sequence there was about Billy Crystal trying to... Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan trying to set up other people to create the create their... Being kind of assistance to their love story. Yeah. And um, and I, oh, I just I just think it's I, I love this film. It's just so no, sharp, like it really hits, it really lands its gags. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah, it's one of those few films and rare films where you could sit down and read the screenplay, and it would be just as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like you could just nice rainy day, uh, a nice cup of tea, and yeah. just start reading the script, and they would just wash over you because it's so. It's so elegantly put together. I think I have it actually and saved on my iPad. I will share it to the group later. Oh, yeah. Four months later, another time jump. Yeah. Sharper image. Oh. And the information that's happened is that from the two of them, their bodies getting into the car together, now we're just four months later, they're getting married. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's great how they just jump over it. It's like, now we're getting the wedding presents for the two of them. Four months. Mm-mm. Too soon, too soon. If any of my friends after four months, like, so they got engaged after three months. If any of my friends got engaged after three months, I would be like going, sorry, sorry. 18 months. Would you actually say something to them? Oh, yeah, I would say 18 months. You would? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I listen, I, I've lived a life. And uh, <laughs> and I'm just telling you, 18 you months, know. you she don't know. Be. After three months, you don't know someone yet. Yeah, my mom has an expression, which is, um, come and live with me and I'll tell you who you are. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three months isn't long enough. That's 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 a season. You need to, you need to all the seasons of a person. You don't know. Yeah, you could be great in summer, but by God, you wouldn't want to be around you in winter. So that's true, actually. Mm, you want to see the person through it all the seasons. I don't like winter time. I get very um. Uh, I don't have seasonal affective disorder. You know, sad, but I do feel um. I sort of go into hibernation mode I don't feel as productive I don't I can't write as much uh, I I think I said it on a different podcast I need the sunshine I need the long days I need the 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 optimism I think that comes with the sun mm. the sort of early nights I just feel it's too yeah. much it's too much darkness I, I agree I, I, I love longer days in summer I, I do feel yeah. like this just, it just literally just feels like there's more time in the day to do everything you need, including rest, yeah. work and rest. Yeah. You know, it feels like, you know, even though it's still 24 hours, it still feels like the day is just cut. You know, your, your working day, you're, you know, you're talking about being more or less productive. I totally hear that, you know, absolutely it creeps in then. Um, I also think we need a three day, a three day weekend. I think it's <sighs> like, lovely. you just need a day to do absolutely nothing. To recover from the days where you've tried to cram everything in that you couldn't do during the weekdays, it's just need that extra day. 
there's a joke coming up here. Billy Crystal is after the after encountering encountering his ex wife, and uh, and he's devastated. And Meg Ryan is just like kind of trying to comfort him. But there's a there's a joke here that I love about uh, her legs. He says her legs look heavy. She she must be retaining water. And she goes, believe me, that woman saved everything. <laughs> it's a I love that brilliant writing. This uh this this the scene coming up where he has an explosion at Jess's house, Jess and uh, Carrie Fisher's house. Yeah. Is incredible. <laughs> like his, mm-hmm. his explosion is just brilliant. By their mm-hmm. coffee table, they're ugly. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. What, do you want to date Natasha? Embarrassing. When I look, first looked at it, I went, I went. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my- a very eighties thing as well. Like glass coffee tables. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I love how Sally knows how to navigate him in this moment mm-hmm. in a tender. She's not fighting against him she's being compassionate to him feeling like shit and she yeah. oh, i just love the way she she gently allows him to have this moment of complete lunacy almost you know because she understands what's what he's going through it's almost reductive to call it a rom-com because it is a, a, a proper romance yeah it's just about two people just romancing each other slowly but surely but the romance is the danger. The romance is the threat. That's the thing. It's <laughs> the romance friendship. is the bomb. Yeah, the relationship was what's 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 precious, and the romance and the sexual tension is the thing. Is the is the bomb, as you just said, the bomb that could just blow it up. My God, it's great. There's also just this house porn vibe to these uh, Nora Ephron movies, where you just feel like, I want to live in their houses. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I, I want to watch their movies because I just want to see what their kitchens are like in their their uh, their beach houses and nice sweaters. And you know we were talking about it the last night. We we did other commentaries, and when you do a commentary for a film with the audio down, it kind of strips the film back. It exposes them. It exposes the film back. It really does. And like we've watched a few films now that really just we felt disengaged by and lost with and I was afraid with this film that I would because it's so dialogue heavy that I would kind of be disconnected but I'm with them I'm engaged I'm I'm still with this even though it's even though there's I'm, I don't hear any music I don't hear the actress performing but I know visually the visual storytelling is working this next line is my favourite line in the entire film about the wagon. She's like, I'll never want that coffee thing. I'll never want Yeah. But she says it like she delivers it in such a soft, like yeah. I will never want that coffee table. It's all it's okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> oh god. But in America as well, it was um, growing up in the nineties. Like you know, because we we all grew up in Ireland, where marriage was something that you were um, you were nailed into for life. But over in America, it was just like ah, I was married, I'm divorced, and ah, we're divorced. You know, it was so casual. It's yeah. I was the only kid in my class from uh, a broken home. Wow. Yeah. Divorced parents. Divorced parents. My mom couldn't even tell people she was divorced. She had to tell them she was separated because divorce was still illegal until the mid nineties. It's ridiculous. Um, it was. It was really bizarre. But yeah. I remember a school teacher, a substitute teacher, um, getting us all to draw our families 
um, take out a pencil and paper and just while away some time, draw your family, draw your house. And I called her over, I whispered to her, I said, it's just me and my mum, are we a family? Oh, God. And she said, um, oh, God. yes, you are. But I was embarrassed because everyone was drawing this is my mom, this is my dad, this is my brother, this is my dog, this is my house. Like, none of those things. Oh, so God. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, genuinely confused as a child. I was like, does family, is that what we are? Is that, is that, is that fit? Um, well, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, well. That was what the church brought in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enforcing that sort of, because a lot of those people in my class, they were in abusive family homes. Yeah, yeah. Parents so, still together, but parents still together, but they're rowing every this, night, and yeah, things were flying. Mm-hmm. There goes the coffee table. There goes the coffee table. <laughs> Didn't last long. This apparently, this scene is also improv. Apparently, I read that oh, earlier. So this is the Pictionary scene. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, and she has she's dating. So Billy Crystal has a new girlfriend, and she's dating someone new as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is all improvised. Well, Rob Reiner apparently just said, "We're they're playing picture. Just do do whatever you you need to do." Maybe maybe Baby Fishmouth was in there. Or maybe maybe Baby Talk was. Baby Fishmouth. <laughs> but I think he he just got maybe it was something like just do do whatever you need to do. I think her drawing was or something like that. I read earlier. Yeah, Exorcist Baby. <laughs> baby Fishmouth is great. It's what a weird baby thing fish. to come out with. Baby Fishmouth. Well, when you're under pressure, I a lot of things it. come out. It's like re- recording a podcast. A lot of things come out of your mouth that you don't expect. Um, There's also a lot of times where I'm editing my episodes that I do. And I will have not heard, because Will does a certain thing where he'll sometimes just sort of whisper a joke. And he, <laughs> I will not hear it in the recording. And I'll be editing away, and I'll hear Will say something like, "It was the cat or something." To, <laughs> and I can call a call back. Well, my little dog's been running in and out of the room. I wonder will you hear her little nails on the floor when you edit this back? So. Oh, we- yeah, but we we use a noise gate, so it cancels yeah. out some of that. But also, okay. more dogs on this podcast would be one massive improvement. <laughs> Could your uh, would your dog be able to do an audio commentary? Which uh, we'll find out. What, what <laughs> ask your dog what your dog's favorite film is. Uh, she enjoys Homeward Bound, and she oh, loves oh, Grammys. Joe Barton's <laughs> love it. See the old coffee machines. I love I these details. Yeah, I have. We've had it for years, and I like. I'm. I used to be a barista, so I'm such a coffee nerd. Oh, um, but this, like, of all the pieces of coffee equipment I have, these old ones are still yeah. like the best coffee machines. They're just when I when I was an intern in LA, um, I had to uh, make the coffee, mm-hmm. and as somebody who grew up, just like you take a tablespoon of Nescafe, you put it in the mug, you put a hot water in. None of that flies there. You have to have the, the filter. You have to have the coffee, coffee granules. You got to put it in. You've got your little coffee pot that is heating up throughout the day and, uh, different world in, the, in America. Hey, look here. Uh, Billy Crystal reading out a book. He reads the first page and he reads the last page. But here, hey, I, I must tell you a story about my wife. Uh, when she was in national school, they all, you know, the way the teachers would give you jobs. Now, this is can I just can I just interrupt you? What is national school? Because you've said this a few times. I don't primary know what school. national school. Primary school. 
Is that you call it national school? Yeah, I just call it primary school. Yeah, there's actually the schools are called national schools. Like my kids go to a national school. My yeah. primary school. My primary school was a national school. Oh, well, my more Christian brothers. But I want to tell you quickly. So when my kid was a, my, sorry, my wife was a kid. He was in primary <laughs> school. All the teachers used to give them jobs, like really, like chores. And uh, uh, my wife, uh, when she was little, her job was to make the coffee. And they used to go into the staff room, and on the hob, they would they would heat the milk. It's or heat the water on uh, on the Stop. hob on the stove and they would make yeah. coffee in the water uh, in the milk I think it was milk actually on the stove and actually deliver them the coffees to the teachers desks in all the different rooms at 11 o'clock at night so they were letting children like operate stoves <laughs> in you know it's just mad wow yeah yeah it was just mad the stuff they were getting them to do they wouldn't let us out of their sight <laughs> <laughs> oh boy school it's like little bastards keep them locked up yeah hey now we're entering the moment this is the moment. So this is the moment where she's she rang up Billy Crystal. She's in the spits because she found what did she find out? What was it, Natasha? You know better than I do. Yeah, so she basically her Joe, her ex who didn't want to get married and have kids, is getting married to somebody okay. in his brick. And she's right. devastated because she says, Yeah, the truth is he just didn't want to marry he me. He didn't want to marry me. Yeah. Um okay. and he's there to to comfort her. And I think it shows, like, of course, he's the first person she'd call. There's like a friend. There's yeah. a proper friendship there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel opportunistic, no. uh, the the actual kiss that comes along. It's not opportunistic. He's genuinely trying to... to yeah. But the interesting oh. thing is, although the debate between the characters is, can friends, you know, can you be friends with, with someone you're attracted to and not ruin it by having sex? This is like, you feel like they should be together. You're watching this and feel like... You want them to be together. You want them to be together. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you not see that you are each other's lobster? Hmm. You are each other's lobster. Is this Nanny Hall reference, was it? No, friends. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> okay. He's her lobster. Oh, uh, yeah. Lobsters. Right. Lobsters <laughs> together. Oh, very good. Now, we're coming up to the point in the film in which I actually stopped watching. So it was after the scene, you know. Just couldn't stand it anymore. Just no. sobbing. It's it's breaking my heart. I just had, I, 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 I was shocked that I got to see as much as I did, but I wanted to keep going. I was just, I was really invested in it. There we go. And I love when she's, she's using his jumper to wipe her nose she was going oh don't worry it's not one of my favorites is this one of those films for you natasha where if somebody doesn't like it it colors your um you know irrationally colors your your feeling towards them where it's like oh you've actually you've, you've actually betrayed me a little bit by disliking that film um do you know what actually no because well one of my friends said um because you know one of those Twitter things where it's like, oh, name your top five favorite movies, your top five perfect mm-hmm. scripts or whatever. And of course, I yeah. definitely put this one. I was like, I absolutely love this one. And he said, he just tweeted back saying, oh, no offense, it didn't do anything for me. And I was like, I don't care. I love Ugh. this film. Yeah. And I know it's good. And you leave me alone. I just love this yeah. film. How would you back off, dumbass? <laughs> I would say, I, what I would say is like, listen, go to a doctor now because you something's going on in your brain that you need to get seen to. Because... I was like, offense. I'm not offended. Like, maybe. No. <laughs> You're just wrong. He was like, no offense. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I really, I really dislike those people. Not to say that your friend is like this, but I really dislike these people who define themselves by the things they dislike. 
Mm. And yeah. it's yeah. all about like I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this. Like, okay, well, what do you actually love? What's the things that you love? Yeah. Tell me that. Can I just say, yeah. I love this bit as well. It cuts out too wide in a second. <laughs> when he's like, totally like, this was a terrible, terrible idea. The friendship's over. And look, he's like one foot the floor, ready to, yeah. ready to scarper <laughs> at a moment's notice. <laughs> so true. He is not, he's not making himself comfortable. He is, no, yeah, it's so, so true. He's so true. <laughs> oh, and there's, this is another thing. The first time when I see her, she went to the fridge and pulled out a bottle of water. And I remember seeing that and just going, why is she getting the water out of the fridge? What's wrong with the bloody tap? You know, uh, it's just an alien concept to me. I remember that um, it's like Evian as well. I was like, well, that's that's, that's fancy. Evian yeah. water. Mm. Uh, Rolodex. And, and you know yeah. what? This is in a bad movie, right? In a bad rom-com, he would have gone through a Rolodex and that would have been the information where he went, what? Joe is, or yeah. someone else your Rolodex and they would have just blown up. It's like, that's You had a pro and con list about me? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it's like, and that's, that's not what happens. He's just going, oh, you just, you just, you know, whatever, organize your videotapes. Mm, yeah. It's not that cheap kind of like, hang on a second. No, they're just really charming adults. Do you know her bed sheets cover, uh, sorry, her linen or her sheets? They remind me of those Chinese teapots and cuddle and you know, they're kind of blue. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue China, whatever it's called. Yeah. He, Billy Crystal, just so does not, he's just going, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. That's another thing that I've noticed that the, the beds in, um, we watched some whodunits recently and there was the, the Manhattan Murder Mystery mm-hmm. and Diane Keaton's bed. They had a sort of a back to the bed that was yeah. a shelf. And I was like, that's yeah. so bizarre that you're With a sharp sleeping. Edge. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you're sleeping on a, on, in a, at least that, the one there is a similar kind of like setup, but at least it's kind of wicker. The material is wicker. You're not going yeah. to, you know, crack open your skull view. So what I love about this. So Billy Crystal, they've woke up in the morning. She's reached across. Billy Crystal's gone. He's getting dressed and he's going, oh, I got work to do. I got to go. And I think what's going on in his head is that for him, and it's, it's already been openly expressed in the film and, and between the two of them is that him, sex is something he does with someone he doesn't love. Whereas for her, she's always wanted to have sex with someone she does love. And mm. it's the exact, so it means two totally different, the act means two it's totally different reading things. reading on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's two totally different things. It's, it's tragic because they both have a different relationship with it. And, uh, and they both know it's not the same thing. And that's why it's getting all messed up. Yeah. Mm. And I love this now. We've gone back to that. They... Carrie Fisher and Jess in the uh, in bed, and they both call them at the same time. Brilliant stuff. They got the little uh, wipes going on like Star Wars. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she probably insisted on it, Carrie. It's like two wrongs make a right. Both of them are uh, not to bum you. Both of them are dead. What? Yeah. Carrie Fisher is dead. No, I. <laughs> um, Jess is dead. No way. Yes, he died of cancer. Um, oh. Not long after City Slickers. No way. Oh. Yeah. Definitely bummed out Thanksgiving. Yeah. Just bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch the rest of it. You don't really see Billy Crystal or Meg Ryan in much anymore. No, you don't, actually. No. Um, I was really thinking that recently, that Meg Ryan just had it like so much out. Did so much, yeah. and then she doesn't really do a whole lot at all anymore. 
I don't this almost became an albatross around her neck, though, because she became sort of the uh, rom-com leading lady, where it was, it was her genre. Yeah. Right. Like a Meg Ryan movie. It was that line in Scream, wasn't it? Where she just wanted to be in a Meg Ryan movie. Sure, she did, like when she did You Got Mail after this, and I suppose it's like not totally dissimilar as a role at all. Um, yeah. Which is actually a film that a lot of people don't like, but I, I really love it. That's I love charming. Fun, so I think it's, yeah, remake of Shop Around the Corner with yeah. um, Jimmy Stewart. Did she, um, did Nora Ephron do that Julia and Julia film as well? Yeah, with she Meryl did Streep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the um, Meryl Streep sections did and Stanley Nora, yeah, yeah. Did Nora Ephron do I Love Trouble? No. 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 That Who was that? Might have been. Oh, God. No, I'm getting mixed up with the Pelican Brief. I was going to say Richard Donner, but it's not. I always think in this scene, every time the, this scene plays out, I'm like, those set salads look so plain and shit. <laughs> I don't know why it fits every time I see this scene and the fits through my head. And they go out for dinner and they have such nice meals and like food was so important to Nora Ephron uh, yeah. as an individual. And like, it just looks like two oh. plain plates of leaves with nothing on it. <laughs> it was Nancy Myers did I Love Trouble. Oh, okay. It's so nice when you can sit with someone I'm I'm now in the zone, and I'm in uncharted territory here for me now. Uh, look at the two speed walking. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Billy Crystal looks the funniest. He looks all his out of proportion. Form, his form is excellent. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh god! Those hips, my god! Like You'll throw your back out. No. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, New York just looks like so class. Oh, you have to go, Kevin. And it, w- what the great thing about it is that you have to make a point of going to Cat's Diner because it's one of the f- one of those few things that is it expensive? Yes. No, it's just is it? Well, I remember paying like twenty, like fifteen or twenty dollars for oh, a yeah. for the sandwich. Oh yeah, well, for one sandwich. Yeah, I suppose ten years ago it was probably ten years. But no, the sandwich you could eat eat half of it as a meal, and you could take the other half yeah. home and eat it for another meal. Like I will like, say, it's a big sandwich. Kevin, they do will, love your big portions. I will link you to the Katz's Deli Instagram page because you'll see that the size of the sandwich, the portions in Katz's are incredible. Oh my God. Like they're enormous. Yeah. The yeah. thing that I didn't like about uh, food in LA was that everything was sweetened. Tell the truth. Yeah, it was like you you. You'd be in a bar and you'd order fries and curly fries would come out and they would be just like, they'd been dipped in syrup. It's like, what is going on? Why mm. would you? Everything was so sweetened. Sure, they're so like, now, oh, sorry, go on. Go on, Natasha. No, no, no. no, no. I, I was, I, let's go back I, to the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking the film now because I'm like, okay, so now Carrie Fisher and Jess are getting married. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> and the Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan are uh, best man and maid of honor there you go and uh, I don't know how this is going to go lads do, have you, do you honestly forget? I forget completely it's oh, been it, that long it's got one of the most beautiful lines in movie history I think that Billy Crystal says I think it's so earnest and, and real and it's one of those lines that you could carry it with you through life and sort of use it as a, as a marker for do I really like this person? So when it comes up, you'll you'll know what it is. Okay. It'll, it'll it'll hit you again. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely line. 
I do. I use Letterboxd a lot to track the films I've watched throughout the year. It's my diary, and I I take a point of like putting in everything I and things I've rewatched. And so far, and I rarely give stuff five stars because I always think, you know, it's four star, and then over time I give something a five star. But this is a five star film. It really is. I agree. Yeah, it is. Like, what would you change? Oh, nothing so far. Absolutely nothing. nothing. It's beautifully written, beautifully performed, beautifully shot. The score is amazing. Those interstitial interviews with the... Uh, they all, I don't know, it just adds up to make this perfect... And the perfect date movie. Like, you'd imagine being around in 1989 at that age to go and see this. You'd come out of it and want to propose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So can I ask you, what was the time difference between, you know, the, since they had sex and now this wedding? What, how, mu- how much time has passed? Oh, four months. Four months. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, no, it's very recent. Yeah, no, four months I don't is think when... there is a time lapse. I think it's just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it might even be just days. like a couple of weeks or... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were just buying them a, uh, a moving in present not so long ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah no, this is all real time. This is me actually watching. I've stopped that's talking a, because I'm watching the film. That's that is that's a testament though to the film because yeah. we. It, yeah. It's like you 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 want to see what they're saying to each other. I mean, I've yeah. seen it so often as well. Like I, I can just sort of hear it anyway. There's a great bit in a second. It's also really difficult to write arguments where the characters don't come off like both shrieking bastards. Where it's actually there's a fair point being made on both sides, and you just want them to find that commonality and that common ground. Like when it's a really good argument, and both people are right, and you understand and can relate to both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she gave him a whack. Oh my god. Well, to be honest, he did deserve it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I totally agree with with you. Will. Like, I I would see this as a, a five star film i mean this it's so funny it's relatable it's really grounded for a rom-com as well that's uh you know but the characters like you love them you're with them the whole way on this journey and you're mm-hmm. constantly on edge of will they won't they should they should not shouldn't they and uh yeah it's just brilliant and it's just charming throughout it's so nice to have a nice film set in new york um where New York is kind of this fantastic backdrop for the, the whole film. Yeah. Um, and you've made this now. We've we, we've jumped time again, and we're back to Christmas. So this is Christmas the next year, I assume, or sometime in the future. But you're so right that this is actually as a very festive film. It's this is festive. Very very. That's, festive. that's why we're releasing it now because it's like it's it's perfect for this time of year. Yeah, I mean, oh I, my god, I I prefer to watch this this time of year anyway, but it's. It's yeah. brilliant for it's brilliant for New Year's Eve. It just I get very blue on New Year's Eve and it's just kind of just brings me back and gives me the warm fuzzies and it's just nice to watch a comforting yeah. film like this. You know what I recommend on New Year's Day is uh have yourself a really big stodgy meal because it just settles you, it grounds you, you just feel heavy as a person. And and I don't know what it is, but that heaviness makes you feel anchored. Because January first is when there's a lot more ghosts out there than I think mm-hmm. on uh, even Halloween. Mm. And, and you can feel very sort of like um, discombobulated and not sort of anchored to the world. Yeah. It's, it's, 
the passage of time is, is so evident and it's all about regrets. Did you achieve what you wanted to? And are you going to uh, attain anything uh, better for yourself yeah, I, as the year ahead? I feel quite bereft on New Year's Day, I think. Yeah. This, and this is exactly what the characters are going through right now. This yeah. is what it feels like the characters keep going through in this in this film is that, yeah, bereft. That's such a great word to describe that. Um, oh, my God. I think you've instilled a new uh, seasonal, what's the word, um, tradition of watching yeah. this film for me, too. It's a tonic. This in the apartment for New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, the apartment though—that's that's quite a heavy film. It is pretty heavy. Even the ending is quite heavy, you know. Yeah. So you kind of need you to watch first. Oh, the apartment definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely the apartment. I'd say first, just because it's um. Billy Wilder, isn't it? It is Billy Wilder. Yeah, Billy yeah. Wilder. Yeah, Shirley MacLaine. Cracking. Yeah, cracking. Again, great writers. Like Meg Ryan was saying in her press tour that um, usually in films she's the item and so to get to be a character who is uh, present and active in her own story and um, she has agency and she's not just the 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 arm candy or what have you and uh, yeah I forgot what I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say I, I love how like there it's such a different tone in their conversation here like she can hear how hurt she is and i love i'm not your consolation prize yeah mm. this whole backing and forth this whole energy that we have between us i can't process it anymore as friendship it's over oh the bomb has exploded yeah the bomb has exploded and it was the god yes rock and eve yeah, he's feeling how I feel. You know what we do since we've had kids? We do fake New Year's Eve with them early on. And so, yeah. <laughs> Eight o'clock. Yeah, before Happy that. New Year. Like, before they go to bed, it's like, oh, guys, New Year's is coming. And we do a whole, like, <laughs> countdown thing. Hide all the clocks. Yeah. And so then we put the, put them off the bed and they're like going, wow, we did New Year's. And we kind of do, like, we fake it. And because Karen doesn't like it either. And then we just watch films for release. Does anybody really like it? All weird people. Town is also a, a, a nightmare oh, on New Year's Eve. It's the worst night of the year to go out because everywhere is jammers. And yeah. Do you know what I hate? The bit I hate the most is the whole when the clock goes and you have to start kissing people and hugging people. Why? Why? I don't know. Although I had a fantastic New Year's and it's probably the only one that I really enjoyed where I was in Sydney. Uh, and I was watching the fireworks uh, on uh, Harbour Bridge. Amazing. And uh, yeah, that was that was wonderful because it was really balmy and summery and um, I was sunburnt to fuck and I was drunk. But I was with a bunch of friends and nothing really mattered. You didn't have that same sort of thing of like feeling empty. Mm-hmm. You just felt like this is gas. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only New Year's I'll ever enjoy. <laughs> I think Keatwood is doing something completely opposite to the whole parting, you know, doing the party. You're doing something. Also, I hate fireworks. Do you? I do hate them. Why? Why? Why don't you like them? They're noisy and they agitate the dogs. And I think that they're, I think they're antisocial. I just prefer if they did a light show with drones. Oh, but wow. sending up screaming rockets into the air that just go on and on and on and on. I hate them. Oh, uh-huh. the Billy Crystals. Oh, he's at the spot where she dropped him off that first time. Why not? That's where. Nice little flashback. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. 
that shot, that autumn shot of them Love in the back. It. Oh my goodness. I wonder where that is when they're in that, you were saying. They must have been shooting this film for a good while to get so many seasons on screen. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually. Oh, good point. Well, autumn, uh, well, autumn ends and winter, sorry, autumn and, uh, and winter are right beside each other. So if they started wow. shooting. Oh my God. I just, <laughs> I just put that together in my head right now. <laughs> but like if you start let's say they're shooting over eight weeks or 12 weeks if you start in early if you start in early october august yeah yeah in Amer- in new york it's like summertime here here we and, go the classic running okay. to catch the love before they it's too late at least it's not an airport kevin's favorite thing on any podcast is when people sing and <laughs> Could maybe oh, no. I wonder just uh I just see the lyrics, I don't know how I think if you're gonna sing on a podcast you need to you need to live lunge it. You need to have that a band going, you need to have a cracking voice. Otherwise it just sounds like bad karaoke. It's almost Take it away, Will. Hey taxi <laughs> Hey taxi <laughs> Oh I'm, I'm just in I want to know how this ends led so that's why I've gotten into this <laughs> no I've, I've remained quiet just so you can take it yeah. all in yeah. <laughs> oh no please talk amongst yourself please talk amongst yourself <laughs> um, what's happening is Billy Crystal is running running through the streets of midtown Manhattan and um, he took a corner uh, and she's at a party and uh, she's at uh, I wonder what that building is I can imagine what audiences were like uh, watching this without any sort of awareness of of what was going to happen when they were all just like leaning forward she's walked in they they, they, they lock eyes and that's it she knows here's this line Will which I think is one of the great lines in all of movies I've been doing a lot of thinking thinking, and the thing is I love you she's like oh so resistant I'm not going to give in no I've said it I've said my piece yeah. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Doesn't want to say anything to you? <sighs> I know I'm you're sorry. feeling lonely, but you can't just show up here <laughs> and tell me you love me and expect that to make oh, it. Tell me you love me. It all right. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. I don't know. I'll be Meg. I'll be Meg. Okay. You be him. I love that you get cold when it's 70 outside. I love what that it takes you one and a half hours to order a sandwich. I love that you get a crinkle here when you look at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you were the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night, Will. And it's not because I'm lonely or because it's New Year's Eve. I came because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Crowd singer Lang Syne. <laughs> but you that see? is a beautiful sentiment. This is just like you, Harry. You say <laughs> things like that and you just make it impossible like you, for me you to hate you. Like that and you, make it I hate we, you, Harry. I, I, we've just we've just said what the great line is, Will. I know. I, but I I, I I feel like I just want to keep going. I'm gonna take it apart. I really hate you. I hate you. Oh, but we, I know, we know you what she means. I love us. Ah, fantastic. I bet you Americans, because they do love to clap. I bet some of them clap. Oh, I'd say they clapped. 
Have you ever been at an Irish screening where people have like clapped and like been? I don't a, like it. Not a not a at a festival, but like in a like you know in a yes. random cinema. I have, yeah, yeah. A clapping a, a clapping a screen at the end of like oh god, some comic book movie, and it's like yeah. It's like, oh, uh, shut up, stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to G us all up like, that was great, wasn't it? Um, Nobody say it wasn't great. No, it was brilliant. <laughs> I think it happened in the King's speech, actually. I was thought with a lot of old age pensioners. and They, they clapped it, they applauded it. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Natasha? Do you remember? Yeah, I was at a Harry Potter screening years ago, years and years oh. ago, and there was applause afterwards. I did not Which applause. Which one? I don't actually remember. It was, I think, in the middle of the series. Okay. I think right, it was right, like, right. Ma- I'm saying five or six. Order there of the Phoenix. Applause. Perhaps, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, and now they're together. Oh. Yeah, so that's great. That's how you pay off that moment. Wow. It really lands. I love it. It does. What a perfect ending to kind of mimic those older couples. They should have put them in old age makeup, though. Like, really... Like the makeup that Billy Crystal wore from the Princess Bride, <laughs> and she was like, uh, sure gonna. Carol. Um, oh, that was it. Wow, wow, what okay, let's great applause. Fun. Yeah, let's, oh, let's applause this one. We'll applause yeah. this one. Oh, well, I have to say, I love, love that film. I absolutely loved it. Fantastic. I think if you're an actor, this is a great film. If you're a writer, this is one you've got to just absorb. And if you're a director, it just shows you that all you need to do is make the right choices. You don't need to go overboard. It doesn't need to be or showy. Their chemistry leads. Yeah. That whole film and the script, like, it wouldn't be what it is without Nora Efron's writing. Like, without doubt. You know, I know Rob Reiner, he's an amazing director, but... It really is her film. It's the counterpoint between the two of them. It's it's their argument happening on screen. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, They were never never a couple. um, Robin was married to Penny Marshall. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Who he's married to. Yeah, he was married to Penny Marshall, yeah. Yeah. But he met his uh, wife who he's still with on this movie. Oh, this is wonderful. And I, I loved how it shot, but I also loved the set, like... The cleverness in the location of some of those scenes, as we talked about the so many of them. Obviously, the the iconic Cat Steiner one, the uh, breakup scene where Billy Crystal and Jess. I think that's brilliant when he's in the audio in the they're in the football game. Um, it's just that juxtaposition of like taking that scene and putting it somewhere unusual where you can extract more than just the dialogue. And uh, like that's so good. You're 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 elevating what would be on the page. I love it. So has this influenced uh, the film that you're uh, d- developing at the moment, Natasha? Has it influenced it? Do you know what? I think one of the biggest things that I take away from Nora Ephron's writing, especially when we come to Manhari Mitsali, is how snappy and like, the pacing of the dialogue, because the script that I'm writing at the moment, or co-writing, is actually it's very dialogue heavy. So, I mean, for us, it's kind of like keeping that fast-paced wit and that chemistry alive and that within the conversation between the two characters that feels real and genuine and relatable and feels like something that you would say to that person as opposed to dialogue that feels written does that make sense Mm, yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely it's like i think it was john august said that a great dialogue is what you would have said in a moment if you gave yourself a few moments to think before you spoke yeah but yeah because I think that everyone can can write screenplays. They might not be able to write them well, but if you've ever been in an argument and you come away from it feeling like, I wish I'd said that, 
Yeah. Or if you're going into an argument and you're like, they're going to say this and I'm going to say that. And when they say this, I'm going to say that. It's like, that's what screenwriting is. It's just creating those those moments where you believe them in your head so much that you can uh, feel like you can put words in the other person's mouth so that you can respond to it. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. Well, <laughs> the film's finished and I'd like to, like, uh, Natasha, thank you so much for coming with us on this journey as we uh, ruined... Did we do it justice or did we... Uh, did we did ruin we, it? Did we just no. talk all over it and talk shit? No, no, look, it was an absolute pleasure to, to, to be on the podcast, I have to say, and for one of my favourite movies ever. So, I don't know, it was a real pleasure uh, hanging out. I loved having you. Oh, it was brilliant. And loved watching this film. So, Natasha, yeah. uh, where can people find you so online? You can find me on Twitter. I am on Twitter uh, at Cinemaster17. That's where you can find me and my rambling Twitter thoughts. <laughs> and you have a, a website, don't you? I do. So I have natashawa.ie is my website and you'll find some random facts about me there and some yeah, movies. You can watch some of your, and, your uh, show reels and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's where you'll find most of my work. Um, mm-hmm. And apart from that, I think that's it for now. And watch this space. Yeah, and watch I'm this looking space. forward. I'm looking forward to your feature film. Oh, thanks. Uh, me too. Really am. <laughs> yeah. If this is one of your favorite films, you've got great taste. Absolutely. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. That wraps up another episode, Will. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed this. And and thank you to Natasha's dog for making a little cameo. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, I did. She was up and down on the couch. What's her name? Millie. Thanks, Millie. We'll All say right. bye-bye. Thanks a million, guys. Night-night. 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 All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Fuck off. <laughs> Talk to you, you stupid cunt. The best things we can really As fuck with Kevinly Hand. Jesus. How are you, Will? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm grand. Did you like that theme tune? I love that theme tune. It might have been my favourite so far. Uh, <laughs> I think it was as well. It definitely, I'd say it's definitely your favourite. Yeah! Hey, I was at one of the great Irish traditions at the weekend. My niece's communion down at Cork. Cork. Go on. I can't wait. Well, I want to say this, right? Kevin just slips limply. <laughs> I said to my I, I said to my daughter uh, in school on Monday mornings they do news. What's your news, right? News and bio. And my my daughter said she kept my picture up from school, and she said um, I said did you do your news today? And she says yeah, but I didn't really get to say much of what I wanted to, to tell him. You know, so she wanted to tell him about the trip down to Cork, like you know. And as it has, is this just a ploy for the teacher to get all the gossip about the kids? Yeah, I think all the teachers do it. All the teachers get their children to do news on a Monday morning, and they just get all the gossip. My mum and dad were reaching the head off each other on Saturday night, <laughs> and on Sunday they went for dinner to make up. Oh, very good. <laughs> Carol, do you have any news? My dad crashed the car, kid. <laughs> Let me tell you, right? So Ellie said to me, she said, "No, I didn't really get to say much, like you know." 
And I went, oh, well, thank God, like, you know. But then as it turned out, it turned out she said everything. She was like going, oh, we talked about, you know, your, I, I, I said, well, thank God you didn't get to tell me about my, my shaving foam exploding in my, in my changing bag. She says, oh, I did get to tell him that. I was like, oh, right. Okay. Well, did you tell him about, you know, your, your cousin, you know, the girl who was getting her communion, breaking her leg the night before the communion? Oh yeah. I told her, told him that as well. I was like, okay, right. Did you tell him about, <laughs> did you tell him? So turns out, turns out that my, go on. <laughs> <laughs> at the last communion, at the last communion, right? They had a photographer. A, a photographer came over and took photographs. And right, listen, listen. I can see he wants to cut in, but let me just finish this, and I'll be, I'll get off it. We'll start the timer. As we kind of got together for Time a photograph of me and my niece. Now hold on, with my niece, right? He drops the camera, right? He drops the camera, and he says to me, "Love the podcast." And I was, what? <laughs> he just another fella yeah. said that to you. Well, it was the same guy who said, remember I, t- I said two years ago. Is he still listening? Nieces, I don't know if he's Fucking still listening. Oh, well, he said it to me two years ago, so he pr- he's probably not listening anymore. Are we on a delay? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be because we're tripping over each other. Okay, let's let's uh, hang up and join again. How was that sound? That sounds fantastic. Welcome to the best bits Patreon. Give us money, 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 give us money. Hello, Will. How are you? It's great to get on mic for another mini bits. Yeah. Raw. Raw. Does that seem better? That does seem better. Listen, I've seen a load of stuff. Let's start the timer. Okay, I saw Monkey Man, I saw Civil War, I saw Conor Brian Must Go. Sugar, mm-hmm. Fallout, Ripley, the Steve Martin documentary, tons of stuff. L- yeah. la- Late Night with the Devil. I keep wanting to say Last Night with the Devil. Baby Reindeer, The Jinx has come back. So I want to talk about all of those with you. So that's what we're going to talk about. And yeah. for those who aren't on the Patreon, bye-bye. <laughs> Good luck. Tough luck. Tough <laughs> luck.